the Podjectivity Network. Post-pandemic NBA playoffs are a little unprecedented because we don't have full fan attendance yet, but people are getting back into stadiums in limited Ooh. capacities. It, more than you might think. It's ramping up. It's ramping up. It's a historical sort of dynamic, though, that to think that throughout a majority of this professional season, they were playing to empty stadiums and like video monitors of people reacting to stuff and artificial noise. And oh, yeah. People like on their couches zooming in. Yeah. Emoting and pointing at their Bucks hat. and Yeah. Right. Holding their cute baby up to the camera. And yeah, so weird trip for the players this season to have to stay focused and play through a pandemic. And then there's this play in bullshit business of mm. extending the season for revenue purposes. Like Dan said, that was like, Boo what? Wait a minute. Earns. Um, but through it all, you know, we have some great storylines. Every year does produce them. And, you know, for me, I guess what I what I realize is as much as I like seeing the Bucks punch Miami right in the face mm -hmm. after what they did last year to them, satisfying on one level, but what I really want as a fan is a tightly contested competitive game every time I watch right. a game. I don't that's ask much. It. I just want to see the greatest game ever played. That's right. Every time I, I want. Tune. That's all. I want 120 lead changes. Overtime, not absolutely necessary but yeah make it make it tight make it really competitive and the lakers sun series has delivered on that yeah it has. you know they've they've both sides have really fucking fought hard they're interesting matchups at multiple positions and it's just close and you know that's why that's why i watch anyway i don't know about you so you've seen a little bit of that action boss? well i've made a point of like not all series are equal. I'm not that desperate to watch hoops that if the game isn't right. interesting, I'll stay tuned. Mm -hmm. But for that, hell yeah, I'll watch because they're fucking duking it out, man. So when the Warriors were winning titles, uh, there was a lot of talk about small ball. Uh, there was no more place for the center, uh, the seven-footer, if you will. Uh LeBron has taken that in the opposite direction. And we've seen now for two years. Last year, the Lakers won the bubble title with LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's the ice machine footer. in the background in case you wanted to know. Well, we got to make drinks. I mean, we do. Yeah. We're civilized people here. The bubble championship. That's an interesting term. I haven't yeah, heard they that beat one. the Heat in the bubble for the title. Right. LeBron and AD... Playoff Rondo, but they also had Dwight Howard, mm -hmm. an aging veteran seven footer, and JaVale McGee, right, an uh, an often derided uh, lunkhead of the league, who over the course of many years his long career uh, got a lot better and became a very very useful veteran player, a, a second unit guy. Like Bill Walton off the bench for the Celtics. That we talked about before. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, they win the title, and those two guys both walk. Uh, JaVale McGee ends up in Cleveland, and Dwight Howard ends up in Philadelphia, where he's now a bench thug for the Sixers, providing some size. LeBron brings in two new giant men. Marcus All. Marcus All from the recently title-winning Toronto Raptors, and Andre Drummond. Have you noticed Andre Drummond of out course. there? You can't. You couldn't ignore him in this Dude, series. He's what he's the a, fuck? He's a man. He is a normally proportioned man for the most part, but he is seven feet tall. Very and strong. if when I'm walking, if my arms go down to like my mid thigh, yeah, his arms must go down to his knees. Uh, and he carries all that size. You know, guys who are seven feet tall are sometimes kind of gangly or, you know. Right. He's not. He's a regular looking man. Solid. Who's just like one and a half times the size of a regular man. <laughs> uh, he he carries that strong, seven feet well proportioned. Strong, it is fascinating to watch that guy. Strong, strong beard game as well. That's what I've been watching more than anything is what the, how the, what the fuck is going on here? LeBron spent many years only, in Detroit, right? What's that? Spent many years in Detroit. Yes, drafted by the Pistons. Spent many years there putting up a lot of stats on a bad team. It's not his his fault. Uh, he was a terrible free throw shooter early. But an all-star caliber player. He's gotten player. a little better at that. Oh, my God. He's, a, he's like a 20-rebound-a-night machine mm-hmm. and scores as often as he can touch the ball. Right. A uh, little clumsy. You know, he's a huge dude. Super powerful, though. A little bit yeah. clumsy and very powerful. And the new formula, the Lakers formula, the LeBron formula. Bully ball. We've got two years of this now. It's just get the biggest fucking guys in the whole league. And eventually you just, you're seeing this, this play out against the Suns. The Suns are out there with. Deontan, what, what is that big guy? DeAndre that, Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. He's right. a seven foot player. Yeah. The Suns have one true seven-foot player. They actually have two. They have Frank Kaminsky. You're going to make me talk about Frank Kaminsky here in a second. Former Badger. Uh, but they have... But Frank Frank Kaminsky, as scrappy as he is or whatever, is going to get his ass handed to him by Andre Drummond under the boards. I mean... Some guys play in the regular season and don't play in the playoffs. And that's been Frank Kaminsky so far. He got into the game last night for a few minutes, okay. or the, the previous game, whatever night that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a couple boards, played some scrappy defense, uh, almost scored. But playoff intensity, playoff basketball is so intense that... They're not you, calling his number. If you get the ball in the post, it's a dunk, or it's you're not going to score. You're going to get fouled, or you just aren't going to score. It's not allowed. You're not going to be allowed to score. And he almost scored the other night, and I was so excited. Uh, but I've, I've marveled at, for all the talk of small ball in the Warrior era, that LeBron has gone completely opposite of that and gone just beef. Just fucking every cut you make, you're going to run into a guy who's seven feet tall. And it's working. It fucking works. It's not very fun to watch. But it works. You yeah. by by NBA standards, the Suns have mortal players like six seven, six eight. Mm-hmm. They're running guys like Jay Crowder out there, mm-hmm. uh, veteran. 
Six seven. Great dreads. Tough, tough guy. Doesn't back down from anybody. And he's just getting mauled out there by Marcus All and Andre Drummond and LeBron. Andre or size. It's just a size. The brow. Yeah. The brow. Yeah. It's. Uh, Anthony Davis. That's his name. It, it it's almost unfair at a point that. You can't overpower these guys. And it has to be. It has to be said. I know everybody talks about it, and it's it's a cliche. But LeBron is 137 years old right now, too. Yeah, uh, leading his team possibly to another championship. Yeah. Uh, and however he needs to do that, whatever adjustments he needs to make, you know, he's still athletic enough to lead a break, and you know, and and when he does his his bully ball thing where he charges through the lane and bodies bounce off him. He's still pretty unstoppable. Uh, This is year 18 for LeBron. Something like that. Crazy. 18 seasons of NBA basketball. Yeah. And he's still, when he wants to be still the best player out there, still the best guy. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. For a couple of years now, at least. Yeah. So to watch it, Stretch on is like, what's so he, going on? He played heavy minutes this year. Uh, many in the media would speculate trying to make an MVP run. And then uh, at a certain point, he got a high ankle sprain, and he was out for like two months. Uh, and now he's back, and he looks he's as devastating as ever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think he's 38. We could probably check that on Google, but yeah, yeah, I think still the boss of the game, and it's it's more impressive as impressive as Brady is. I would argue that LeBron has to keep up with the fastest guys on the court. Still, you know, he's got to yeah. run the floor and be able to do these feats of athleticism that don't seem like they should be possible. It, Historically, anyway, uh, there's no precedent for what he's doing. Uh, LeBron James is 36. Still, yeah. And how long has he been playing? Uh, doesn't matter. He's 36, and he's been playing since he was 18 in the NBA. So 18 years, 18 seasons of this. Uh, he's been around long enough that I've hated him, loved him, <laughs> and now I hate him again. Oh, wow. It's cycled all the way back to hate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hated him when he came in because he was being granted this status without ever playing yet. He was already dubbed King James and all that sort of thing. And he had like endorsement deals and all that kind of stuff. And he was in all these commercials as a rookie. And I was, my God, 18 years ago. 2003? What the fuck was going on in 2003? Who who ruled basketball when he came along? It was like the Spurs. Who Left I hated with memory. Then loved. I just whoever's the underdog, that's who I'm with. And it's sports, so no one gets hurt. If I LeBron like or is, don't like them. LeBron it's even fine. even when he was in Cleveland and struggling on a on a team that wasn't terribly strong, you could right. never call him the underdog because he's the alpha's alpha. Right. And I was just I was just not on I was not on team LeBron. Didn't didn't root for him, didn't like it, thought he was, you know, being pushed on me as a fan. Like, yeah, I get it. He is 
a big deal, but not I'm, I'm I don't care. I'm not into it. I don't like him. Yeah, and a lot of that is marketing and like you know selling yeah, the not game, even his fault. overselling the game, and you're like, I, could we just watch the game, please? And I'll determine for it's myself back to that who's, a bit. Yes. who's great or who's worth. Because the league was desperate to sure. kind of replace. You know, ever since Jordan, it's been this asinine pursuit of like replacing him. Well, no, you're not going to replace him, but there's all these. Look where the game is now. There's dozens of superstar players. The league's never been stronger. So this pursuit to like find the next guy. The world's there full doesn't of the have guy. to be there's lots of next guys. There doesn't have to be another guy. The yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. If um, it took until you know, he was a Cav and then he went to the Heat and I hated him even more. It was early in the super team era, kind of the first super team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And so LeBron, yeah. So I was anti that whole time. When he, was a, when he played for the Heat, that's when I became a Spurs fan because I hated the Spurs all the years that they were winning titles until they played LeBron. And then I suddenly became a Spurs fan. And they traded a couple titles like, the Heat got them, but then the Spurs came back the next year and vanquished the Heat. And then he leaves Miami and comes back to Cleveland, which I thought was kind of a smooth move. I liked it. Um, and then they got to the finals, and they were playing the Golden State Warriors that had the next flavor of the month in small ball and Steph Curry. And I instantly became a LeBron fan because I... I they were the underdog. The Cavs were the underdog. And there was injury stuff going on. Like, I don't want to get too NBA nerdy here on this non-sports podcast, but enough happened that I became a hardcore LeBron fan. I rooted for LeBron. You started referring to him as the boss of the league. The boss of the league. That's when I... And that's... It took many years, but I looked at him differently. I finally saw him differently as the his Cavs team was compromised by injury playing way, way wildly overmatched by the Warriors. And they still almost won some of those games on the strength of LeBron. And I was, I finally was, I, I laid it all down and said, wow, you've earned it. It's been a decade or whatever, how, however long he'd been in the league by that, at that time, which seems like a long time ago now. Right. As but I, he earned it. Second decade. I put it aside and was like, yep, he almost won some finals games basically by himself with like Matthew Della Vadova mm-hmm. and I can name some other names that no one's ever heard of and pretty their stars were injured. Their other stars were injured. Kyrie Irving and uh, Kevin Love were injured. It was just the LeBron show every night, 44 points, 17 rebounds, eight blocks, six steals, 12 assists. It just, yeah. Every night doing this against a championship team that eventually was too much for him. So I was in the tank for LeBron. Hated the Warriors. And now that he's a Laker, I'm back to like, I don't want anything to do with LeBron. I'm, I don't want to watch what he's doing. He is in position. So they won the title last year. That was his third ring. Help me uh, out. Uh, no, fourth, because His he got fourth? one with Cleveland. Two with Miami, one with Cleveland, Okay, one with L.A. And what's always been missing in the analysis of LeBron is like, well, he'll never be as great as Jordan because Jordan won six rings. Well, you know, that that simple yardstick of like, oh, he 
if you didn't win as many championships as Jordan, you're somehow lesser. lesser yeah. Well, there's only one of those guys, and there's lots of great players who never even played in the finals. So I, I hate that yardstick, that stupid like talk radio arguing point. Um, but he's in position now to win like as many rings as he wants. With a few factors, you know, barring some injury you know what I, problems or something. I don't know that you could say about LeBron that people say about Jordan, then I'll stop talking about sports because we brought up Michael Jordan again. It's a drinking game. <laughs> but uh, there were years like when he left to play baseball or right. something like that where they were like, okay, other people have a chance at winning a championship now because Michael's not in the league anymore. Whereas LeBron has been in the league and other people have won championships while he's in the league. Mm -hmm. His his level of influence and that degree of domination that sort of came along with Jordan was sort of, hey, there was this understanding of like, you might get close, the game might get tight, but I'm going to close you out mm -hmm. and rip your heart out mm -hmm. because that's what I do routinely. And yeah, LeBron's a different kind of player. Um, and he's not it's not that he's not great. The comparison isn't even all that important and it's no. it, it goes beyond, like you said, the final analysis of like how many times did you hold the golden trophy up? That kind of thing. I mean, LeBron's sheer he's put himself in his own classification or category just by longevity. Yes. You know, the sustained level of A play. longevity that Jordan didn't have. Yes. Nobody, well, nobody. I mean, Kareem was a big man who was a center and didn't have to be as mobile and everything as LeBron has had to be. There's nothing. He's he's like a science experiment. Yes. It feels like, you know. And he has benefited from just, modern sports medicine. Yeah. It is widely known and talked about that he he's spends... He's got machine parts Like a million body. dollars of a he's year a on his body. He's a cyborg. Maybe more. I might have that number wrong. What does he do? He's, Diet. He's a cyborg. Training. Recovery. Every aspect. A lot like Brady. Every aspect of his life is about winning basketball games. And having sex with supermodels. Not really. It's talked about, but, you know, just those things. Diet, recovery, you know, management, uh, the, the, the Does being married to a supermodel help at all? As Brady isn't Brady married? Oh to yeah, a supermodel? yeah. He's married to a supermodel, I guess. Do you think that she's old? You know, <laughs> by supermodel standards, you know, she's a bag. Uh, she, yeah. In the modern dynamics of the NBA, he is positioned to win, and I I say like as many titles as he wants, because now this is year two of this model which is get the biggest men in the league and you just physic it's just a physical uh, uh uh math problem it's more of a math problem than ever is just get all the biggest dudes and have lebron facilitate because it helps to have a guy who shoots a lot of free throws and oh my god sub lebron topic the amount of fucking flopping and emoting and acting that that guy does. And it's it's an epidemic in the league. Everyone's doing it because it gets rewarded. 
and I just remembered what I wanted to bitch about like two hours ago. Wow, it came back, Chris. Is that the end of a basketball game, an NBA ba- an NBA game, is like a Zapruder film review now. Oh, that's right. The it's... end of the game is a never-ending parade of review what just happened. Consult a guy, the ref that's off. In Secaucus, know. New Jersey. In Secaucus. At the NBA League office where they watch this stuff and litigate constant litigating of every play and that is wrecking the game in a huge way uh there's no flow and it's just it, it's taken all the air out of the ball it's mm. just because every play is going to get litigated and on every single play everyone's acting every time somebody gets bumped they flail and throw themselves around tr- soliciting a call except if for they don't him. get a call they're bitching at the ref the guy who did get called is bitching at the ref. Everybody else, all they do now is bitching but, at the but ref. But sometimes the replay... It's amazing that I still love this game. Yeah. It, sometimes, though, the replay does reveal that someone's not faking it like the last game that I watched. Once in a while. I forget which Suns player, I think it was Crowder, was trying to guard the brow. And the brow did a fadeaway with a foot kick. And the foot yeah, landed right in Crowder's right in balls. I think it was AD kicked him right in the nuts. Yeah. yeah unintentional ball kick and and it was one of those where the the color commentators didn't get it right away but to the casual viewer True. like it was pretty clear they're like oh what happened to crowder there and i was like he got kicked in the fucking balls yeah they didn't did miss that <laughs> quite obvious um but yeah but i get what you're saying in that the the degree of examination the time it takes to analyze it from every angle yep you forget that there's a fucking game going on. And it's like a free timeout. There's a free timeout every play now. Like, because while they review that, the team is over on the bench. Strategizing. and Talking. Yeah. And that didn't used to happen. The game used to continue. And there used to be an aspect of like, we do our best. We get it right most of the time. And it's just part of the game. If the call is wrong, part of the game. Keep playing. Because no one call decides a game, right? So just keep playing. And now we've we've taken all that out of it, and now we, we're going to litigate the end of the game. Now it's a litigation uh, enterprise of reviewing maybe the play. They, maybe the they think talk. that adds to the drama somehow or something. Then but. the refs come over and talk to the announcer. Like, they say it in front of the announcers. They'll be like, we've got a flagrant foul, level one, contact above the neck. It's going to be... Two shots and the ball, you know, that's part of the game now is that the ref is part of the game. That's just, I don't know. They just can't stop fucking with sports. So simple. (laughs) So awesome. And they just can't stop fucking with it. (laughs) And to sell more Tostitos. Tostitos. (laughs) Brought to you by. I find myself. Now, this might shock you. That at night, when I am watching sports with the sound off and listening to the records, I've been watching hockey. That's new. That's a new wrinkle for Danny. I don't know shit about hockey. Never cared about hockey. Just wasn't in my wheelhouse. They didn't have hockey in school sports when I was a kid in Portage. Like That didn't come until way after I was out of high school. So I had no... Entry point. uh, No access. Didn't care. 
And uh, I'm finding myself watching hockey at night because that sport never stops. They don't review shit. They just play and keep on playing. There's very little stoppage. Occasional penalty where they throw a guy in the box and then there's a power play. But the game's got a real flow and they oh, don't. The action never the stops. Officials... And I'm fucking clueless of what's going I have a, a certain uh, understanding of what's going on. Like you can't just hit the puck from one end to the other. That's called icing. I know that. You have to move the puck up with somebody kind of. There has to be like a team guy with you. There's an aspect of that. Um, but yeah, other than that, and it's I get the same uh, endorphin release of watching the greatest in the world do something. And there's, it doesn't stop. And they are fucking good. And they're doing it on skates. And it is so unlike the NBA, opposite of the NBA, it is so fucking hard to score that a goal is absolutely euphoric and shocking. Every goal is shocking. And it can happen. You can watch a game for two hours and it's nothing, 0-0. Zero, zero, and you take a leak and come back and it's 1-1. One, one. You, you might have missed... You just never know when it's going to happen. Kind of like a UFC fight. You never know when it's going to happen. Yeah, and you I was can't just look about away. If you if you leave, those you highlight something. those highlight real knockouts. You know, they happen with enough frequency that it's a feature of the sport, but it's not an easy thing to execute or pull off. And the timing has to be just right. And right. you know, there's plenty of more fights that just. Are guys tied up and trying to land stuff and being off and not, you know, yeah, just just kind of looking like awkward. They know, go the distance. Kind of, they have yeah. to go to the judges who's yeah. got the points kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah the, like the epic knockout is kind of kind of rare. And the degree of difficulty, you bring up an interesting point about the degree of difficulty in scoring. It's the same thing with soccer. Uh, yes you just you build attention builds around not being able to (sighs) another sport with no stopping yeah yeah right the clock doesn't even stop the clock just runs right right and and they they you don't have to give the official the ball when you go out of bounds to inbound it again you just pick it up you look at him he's like go go throw it and you're back in the game yeah and when a game ends tied at the end of regulation they don't there's like no clock on the screen right like it's the referees just do it so yeah. you're watching them them fight for glory <laughs> and there is no clock it's just being kept by the refs like when they get into extra time isn't that a thing in soccer yeah okay <laughs> i think we need to play just a little bit of ping pong before this night's over because i didn't buy that table for nothing Please pardon me while I play I supply enthusiasm aimed at your indifference Scan the floor for one tap and do a bobbin here Any signal coming back on the same land for Rick and Frequency Wavelength How's the reception connection? Don't flip the dial, let's see performance Here's commercial free Here's commercial free only thing for sale up here is me and my seat. You're free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs. Got a mic and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Got a mic, what I need's a new remote. I point and click, point and click, flip around for a little more appreciation from the crowd participation. Would it be too much entirely to expect a little respect? Would it be too much entirely? What if what they say is true? Less is more. 
boys what I'm telling you.